Hello there and welcome to Film Raw here at Bunkerzilla UK. It's the place where you digest the latest movie news and movie reviews. I'm your host as always, Ian Bolton, and I am joined by my cinematic partner in crime. It is, of course, Christian R. Allen. Hello. How are you doing? How are you doing? I'm fine. I'm fine. I've just been underwhelmed by a Pretty lacklustre movie. Spoiler yeah. for later on in the show. Uh, it's like we're already, we're already giving people what to expect in this episode. <laughs> it's, it's, it's how... <laughs> it's a great way to start the show. It's, yeah, we're here to talk about movies. Well, today's movie was pretty mediocre. Oh. Shall, I, shall I start again? Shall I be more enthusiastic? Oh, hang, on hang on a sec. Um, I'm fantastic. Isn't life wonderful? 2020 for the win. <laughs> when was the last time someone said for the win... I feel like it's like 2007. I honestly do not know. And <laughs> even even you there going for the win, it still looked very, very weird. It was. I, I felt uncomfortable. I felt like I was just wasn't being true to myself. Uh, I, I think my problem this week is that the only positive thing to have happened isn't, isn't related to uh, movies at all. It's to do with video games. I don't okay. know how relevant that is to talk about here. But well, well, movie game, well, video game movies, but then video games are, are well, actually, I can, I higher can, life form, I suppose. I can, Bridget, because I have just played... <laughs> I have just played Uncharted for the very first time. Ah, okay. And not only is it wonderful, it's one of the best video games I've ever played, and I can't wait to get into the sequels. Mm. Uh, and I'm, yes, I'm aware that I'm 13 years out of date. Um... I, Every every second I play this game, I just think to myself, this would make a brilliant movie. Oh. Of every game I've ever played, this one screams film adaptation. Mm. And knowing that Tom Holland's been cast as Nathan mm. Drake as well, I just think that's such great casting. Because mm. the production has resumed now, hasn't it? it? I believe so. We've got Tom Holland as a young Nathan Drake. We've got Mark Wahlberg as Sully. Oh, as well Wahlberg's he. playing. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Wahlberg oh. is Sully. Um I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of on sort of <laughs> I'm interested. I'm, I'm proverbial fence simply because I do like the idea of the film. Uh, I like the people involved. Um, obviously, the track record of video game movies for the last couple of years has not been particularly <laughs> last strong. Last couple of years, last couple of decades. Oh yeah, I mean, well, if you ignore uh, if you ignore something like well, Pikachu was okay. Uh, Sonic was, was fun. Sonic was fun. So we've been okay at the moment. But we're always due to another colossal failure at some point. Yeah. So I'm a little bit, I'm kind of going, uh, we'll see. We'll see. Because um, basically this is, I think, charting the the start of their relationship, which they do shed light on a bit in Uncharted 3, uh, Drake's Deception. Um, so there is a little bit there where they go back and look at their past. And if they're going to focus on that stretch... Fair enough, because then I think if you're trying to do Drake's Fortune or Among Thieves as one as one big as one as one best of package, I can imagine things going a little bit wrong, and then I can also imagine fans not being happy if something goes wrong, especially when for a while they've been wanting someone like Nathan Fillion to play Nathan Drake. Oh, that would have been good cast. Yeah. Have you seen the fan-made film someone did? No. No. Well, someone went on and did their own little fan-made film for Uncharted. They actually got Nathan Fillion to play Nathan Drake. <laughs> and they also went and got uh, Stephen Lang from Avatar, like the big bad from Avatar, playing Sully. And it's like, those two are perfect. And you kind of go, cool. you kind of go, oh, this could work. This could work. But it's like, no, Sony have kind of gone in the direction of, 
We'll have, we'll have Tom Holland, and obviously Tom Holland has been very, very popular with Spider-Man, so I can understand well, why. <laughs> in terms of Tom Holland as casting, I mean, I, doesn't he's not physically similar and he doesn't have the same voice as the Nathan Drake in the games I'm playing, but if, if it's going to be a case he's younger, mm. I'm just thinking of the physicality of the role. Mm. Like, what I'm doing with, <laughs> with my triangle button, <laughs> <laughs> most actors wouldn't be able to do. I can believe Tom Holland going, Whoa! oh <laughs> like, yeah, jumping onto, yeah. like, impossible ledges and things like this. I think I remember there's a story of when he was doing like the auditioning for Spider-Man when he was doing a screen testing along Chris Evans. He just came in, did a flip <laughs> right, to just, to, just to show that he was Spider-Man. He just arrived yeah. and he went, Whoop! And, and, and Steve Rod- and, and, and Chris Evans was going, all right. Yeah, he's Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but no, um, no, the Uncharted games are, are pretty much the closest you'll you'll get to playing like an Indiana Jones story. Yeah, it, so. it's, it's the best of Indiana Jones. Mm. Like, and speaking of, it's a bit of a stretch here. I think the greatest video game adaptation of all time um, is Super Mario Bros. Which you know we know Blade Runner is a poor man Super Mario Bros. <laughs> I am being facetious. I'm just trying to wind up as many of our beautiful Twitch. Uh, viewers right now. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everyone, that he has to say these things. Um, just to let you know as well, as we are broadcasting this episode on Twitch, this is pre-recorded, so we're not technically live at the moment. So, But there is a moderator in the chat, and I would like that moderator to give us a good old Bungazilla roar right about now. So yes, they're in the chat. They'll be able to engage with you guys about your movie discussions. So do let the moderator know what you've been watching. Chat about movies. Have you gone and seen Mulan this week? Have you got to the Premier Access? Or have you seen Tenet or New Mutants or something like that? We would love to hear. Or As, Super Mario Bros. Oh, no. <laughs> God, no. <laughs> it is dreadful. It, yeah, it is dreadful. <laughs> but as always, you can always let us know what movies you've also been watching by emailing us at filmraw at bunkzilla.co.uk. So talk to me about Mario then. Nintendo are releasing Mario 64, Mario Sunshine, and Mario Galaxy re-rendered in HD for the Switch mm-hmm. in one game. Mm-hmm. I haven't been this happy all year. Uh, they've just added All-Stars to uh, the virtual console. The original um, SNES version. Yeah. So you can have the nice, the nice cleaner graphics of things like Super Mario 3. I, I prefer... The, um, re-rendered Super Mario 3 and uh, maybe blasphemous for some purists out there it, it, it's more in line with the brand more yeah. in line more, more with brand brand Mario look <laughs> brand the brand Mario, Mario look <laughs> the, the one uh, the one change they've made to Mario 64 is they've made his, the M on his hat uniform okay, <laughs> to that fair modern enough. logo because enough. corporate branding has to bleed into everything it's a me Mario corporate <laughs> Everything must look like me. Right. Oh, man. I mean, there has been talk of a Mario movie for quite a while. It's in in pre-production. I think they were going with Illumination Studios. Yes. Or working with Illumination Studios, Nintendo. So Nintendo, I think, have actually reached out and made the communication with Illumination for Universal because Universal Studios land in Japan. They're about to have Super Mario World open there. That looks incredible. And I think that's moving over to their... They're also bringing it to the newer theme park they're building. I say newer, the brand new theme park that they are building called, I think, Universal Fantasia or Fantasies or something like that. I'm not sure. I do apologise, theme park (laughs) fans. But I know it's happening because they're saying, oh, we're going to launch this brand new theme park from Universal with all these different lands. And Mario was front and centre in that. But I mean, the, the reason why Nintendo have not licensed any video um, video game adaptations since 
Super Mario Bros. was just because how disastrous a film that was. Yeah. I mean, it's a really, really strange film. I mean, mm. I don't understand how you make the leap from playing the first Super Mario Bros. game mm. to that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just, I don't know how much cocaine was going on, you know, like being thrown around in the um, studio executives. Do you have a feeling that this was kind of like a, a, a video game movie made by committee who just thought, yeah, we'll take the, we'll take the core premise, but then we'll just make it funky, you know, for today's what audiences. Core premise it's like the knife it just ah the plumbers yeah plumbers the plumbers from just but wait the the animated tv show was before the film wasn't it yeah yeah with so, um, Cap- captain lou albana oh, oh, yeah, in the live action do the mario don't well that's been a wonderful do start know, to the show do you know what material mario's uh overalls are made of cloth Denim, denim, denim. Oh, get out. That's a great joke. <laughs> I can't take credit for it. <sighs> you never heard that before? Yes, I've heard, yeah. that, I've heard that before and I should have seen that coming, to be perfectly honest. Oh, man. Uh, so, but-, but yeah, apparently uh, uh, Nintendo have just been very... I, I get the impression they're going to be very controlling mm. over this property. because I, I, um, I don't know how involved they were with the Pikachu movie, although that's not... Nintendo is a is a. Um... They're more of a um. They're more of a Nintendo. Are more like a publisher for the Pokemon yeah, company because because yeah. you don't see Nintendo logo. You see the Pokemon company logo. I mean, it, it made me laugh. The Nintendo, the amount of people invested in Nintendo while Pokemon Go was uh, on it. Yeah. On it and it's um. Uh, what's the word? Like, just when people are going mad for the bloody thing. Yeah. Only a week or two later, people, people realize that Nintendo weren't involved in that product at all. <laughs> it's, like, it's like Nintendo why is my mobile phone not working well it's not I mean to do with us Mario it's not to me <laughs> well I mean like a Mario movie I, 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 again the plots are so simple but then again they're no, they're no more complicated than half the good Disney movies anyway true rescue the princess get a cake <laughs> that's the plot to 64 it's like you get a cake peach <laughs> little kiss Really? Have, you, have you never played Mario 64? I've, I've played parts of Mario 64. It's it's one of the greatest video games of all time. It is, it is video game perfection. The fact that they were they were producing Ocarina of Time at the same time as that. Now, that's the thing, right? So a mm. Mario movie would be fun. But a Zelda movie, like a proper budgeted live action Zelda movie, could be incredible. But you just know they're gonna they're gonna screw it up somehow. They're gonna make Link talk. And he's going to go, princess. No, 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 no. <laughs> Instead of actually looking at the Nintendo games, they're going to look at the Philips CDI games. Oh, I think, Lord. With those really trippy animation sequences. And if you ever watch Game Grumps, <laughs> watch the compilations of them playing those games because it is on another bloody level. Those, those, the Nintendo were not involved in those whatsoever. <laughs> now you must die. Wow, that's it's an even bigger stretch from that <laughs> than what? Super Mario Bros to Super Mario Bros. It was like, wow, princess, ha ha! I really ugly flash animations as well. Yeah. Like, they look like the they've pa- been hand drawn in MS Paint. The power of CDI. CDI. I used to have a CDI. Really? There was. You must have had Dragon's Lair with it. No, I didn't. Oh, that's the game you, most people got if they had a CDI. They got yeah. Dragon's Lair, yeah. Oh, no, the, the, I, I remember Dymo's Quest was fun mm. and, the, and the, the Sorcerer's Apprentice, nothing to do with Disney. Yeah. That was all right. Aside from that, 
it was pretty abysmal. Did you, did you have any? Um, did you have any CGI movies? No, I didn't. Did you? Oh, did you have the CGI game of Thunder in Paradise with Hulk Hogan? No, he exists. <laughs> we need to play that for this show. We need to find. We need to a find a Philips CDI player. Unless you still got your. No, God, I, I burnt that for a GameCube years ago. Or like. <laughs> To the, need to sacrifice it to oh, the video enough. game so gods. So we need to we need to find a Philips CDI player, and then we need to play find a copy of Thunder in Paradise <laughs> and see how weird this really gets. But Thunder in Paradise that was the sort of Baywatch spinoff. That wasn't was it? no no that was Hulk Hogan taking like Knight Rider into making it a knight style boat. So the boat it was all about the boat because the boat was so super powerful it could take down pirates and stuff like that. But then it had the same sort of casual casuality as. That's not where is it casuality. It is now. Fuck it. <laughs> Casualness. <laughs> Casualness of Baywatch. Yeah. Casualty is a very different thing. It's a, it's a drama on the beep designed to make you go. Don't do that with that ladder. No. 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 Why are you Why are you breaking several important health and safety um, violations? Why you ah? Oh, you just deserve to get like your skull caved in. Um, how so, did, how the hell did we get to casualty? I don't know, but what is the purpose of this show? Films? Yes. So, oh, yeah, yeah, look forward to the Super Mario movie when it <laughs> never gets made because Nintendo will not be happy with Illumination because uh, they've yet to make a good film. Uh, mm, I'll give you the first Despicable Me. Okay. Uh, first sequel of Pets wasn't too bad. Oh, it's a bit. It didn't go it's anywhere. All, it's, all, it's all right. It's, it's, I'd there, was, ra- there was some really interesting stuff in it. They clearly just bottled it they, they chickened out halfway through this is basically just went well it doesn't have a minion in it nope <laughs> <laughs> minions movie is abysmal yeah you, you've you've complained about minions on trivial titans uh, the fact that there were fire hydrants in london <laughs> never not never doesn't upset me sorry for the use of a double negative i just can't think straight of how angry i am right now uh but because this is a movie show we best get start talking about movies and we start the show as always with our cinematic week it's part of the show where we catch up with all the viewings that we've done outside of the main show or the main film we're going to cover in the show uh so i've only got two Two. I've only got two because considering have... we've, there's been like a couple of days since we've recorded the last episode. Yeah, that's not that's all You right. have ten. I have three. Oh, but you have more. You go I, first. I, 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 okay, my first pick was Coco. Oh, I've, yes, Coco. First, first, first time watching the film since seeing it at the cinema is about two years old now, isn't it? I believe so. Yes. Yeah, and um, yeah, it, it definitely it, none of its quality was diminished watching it on a repeated viewing. It, it's definitely a staple. I think. Mm. Um. Whether or not it's the best Pixar movie, mm. I'm not sure if it is, but I would say it's definitely part of the conversation. I um, I really, really did take to it, and the music is just so good. Mm. You can't help but smile all the way through that film. <laughs> it is a very good film, and um, yeah, the pl- playing on the themes of like you know, it's all the all the typical stuff of like, like family expectations against you know your, your individuality or developing personality, especially when you're going for adolescence. Mm. Um, uh, very much themes in which are touched upon in Mulan, obviously, which um, um but not as uh, I think Coco is a lot more successful. We, we will get to Mulan. Yeah, we'll in get due to course. Mulan in due course. Um, I, if you haven't seen Coco, where the hell have you been? I've been here. Life? You've been here. I've been. I've been here. <laughs> You've been here. Yeah, like, but I have seen Coco. <laughs> like I haven't seen um, Book of Life yet, which is because right. coincidentally quite similar. It's mm. on the two parallel productions. 
Yes, they are. Yeah, so very much um, the only f- other examples I can think of cinematically is um, The Raid and Dread. <laughs> which, 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 they, they released at the same time. But, They're the same okay, plot. So, <laughs> and it was a coincidence. They had, they were like, just total coincidence. I, 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 just, I just clicked what you were talking about for a second. I thought, The Raid and Dread are the same as Coco. <laughs> no! No, 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 not like that. Not like that. I'm sure I explained myself. And the, you know, our, our, our wonderful... Listeners will understand what I'm talking about. Fair enough. But, um, yeah, so I'd like to, I'd like to give that a go at mm. some point, just to sort of uh, just to see these two accidental companion pieces. But yeah, I, I really, really took to Coco. Mm. Looking forward to Soul as well. Oh yes, yeah, Soul. Yeah, that is due some point towards the end of the year now. I think November. I think yes, yeah. November. Yeah, November. Yeah. Uh, what's your thoughts on Coco? My thoughts on Coco. I remember seeing it. We because. Uh, <laughs> I heard about it and I wasn't necessarily a dying to that, that's a, that's a pun in itself. And I wasn't necessarily <laughs> dying to see it, but um, no, um, we, myself and my other half, we went to see it more like a whim because we were sort of passing the time before we went to see Black Panther and it was a date day. So we just thought, yeah, well, let's go see Coco as well. Um, but no, Coco is, is a really beautiful film. Animation is superb. Mm. The music is, is wonderful. It's absolutely gorgeous. And if you, and if, if you're not crying by the end of it, you have, you have a heart. no soul. You have no soul. You have a heart of stone, and it's very, very, very bitter inside, I suppose. But, <laughs> but no, I, I absolutely, I absolutely love Coco. I think Coco is one of Pixar's strongest films. Mm. I think, I'm, well, I think we've talked about this previously. I'm not sure if it's been on the podcast or just outside of the podcast. But I think sometimes when Pixar focus on first-time uh, stories like, say, Onwards or, say, Coco or Up or something like that. And they don't revol- they don't kind of rely on doing a sequel like Toy Story they, they become merchand- um, yeah, merchandise-based franchises. Yeah, if they don't focus so much on that, then their original films come off a lot better or they, they, hit, they hit more satisfyingly. Um, and that's why I think Onward was pretty good as well because on, Onward was kind of... They took they took certain tropes that you would see in other films, but they took it in a different way, especially with the uh, relationship between brothers and stuff like that. So, yeah. So when, like I said, Coco, because it is a standalone film in itself, is wonderful. But I, I don't think we need a Coco too. I don't think no, 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 not not at all. No, not, not at, at all. all. Not at all. Not at all. What else have you been watching? Uh, I have been watching uh, all the Wallace and Gromits. Ah, and I've been watching this on um, BBC because they've been airing a lot of them at the no, moment. No, no, I just I own the, the Blu-rays. They they released the original three shorts with okay. um, remastered in HD. Mm. And the wonderful thing about it is you get to see all of uh, uh, Nick fun Park's thumbprints <laughs> all over it. <laughs> and it's really a grand day out in particular. It's interesting. Um, you can see that it wasn't animated in uh, order. Mm. because the animation style jumps in quality dramatically. Like, okay. The opening scene, Wallace looks kind of okay. The middle <laughs> scenes, he's like, what's happened to his face? <laughs> That's like, not help me. <laughs> it's like, he has no skull. <laughs> uh, he hasn't quite perfected how to walk yet. He, he's kind of like bow-legged. Mm. Um, but it's, it, Grand Day, that's very charming. Mm. Uh, it actually, it, it was nominated for Best sh- Animated Short. It lost to Creature Comforts, which was another Ardman production. Ah, but they did pick up an Oscar for the next both, both Wrong Trousers and Close Shave, didn't they? Yep, and for, um, I think, a Best Animated Feature for Curse of the World. Oh, yeah, well. they did, didn't they? Yeah, um, and those are the next three films I watched. So mm. I, f- I think my personal favourite out of the three is The Wrong Trousers. Yeah. It's, it is it's, incredible it's... how much 
terror that penguin conveys it's in just, you. It's just the blank look of the penguin. Just... It does nothing. It's just it's just, just staring at you in that wonderful score. Yeah. You're just like, oh, I wouldn't mess with this uh, chicken. It's, it's when he puts on like the rubber glove. <laughs> it's like the... It's you! <laughs> <laughs> and that, cha- that train chase sequence at mm. the end is one of the most incredible achievements, not just in terms of animation, but like cinema in general. Mm. Like that... Cannot Nick Park must have just just been in the pub one day and just went, Oh, I've got an idea. Crap, mm. I've got to animate that now. It's like let's have a train, let's have a train chase. But the train tracks have to go down at the same time at the same breakneck speed. And you've got to yeah, you've got to connect it all together, <laughs> poor Gromit, as he's being shot at. There's that wonderful <laughs> bit where Gromit Gromit, I think he's got like a broom or something in his hand and he's about yeah. to attack uh, Feathers, the, the evil penguin. And uh, <laughs> Feathers just pulls out a gun. <laughs> and it's so, you don't, you're not really expecting it from a cartoon, a like kid's cartoon. And just Gromit's... Right, Gro- <laughs> I, I once worked out, so Wallace and Gromit as a franchise yeah. has more Academy Awards than every single person who worked on the Twilight franchise combined. Oh, God. Also, Gromit has more vocal range <laughs> than every actor in Twilight. <laughs> Like, is Twilight the benchmark for these tests now? You know, Twilight's got the most wooden performances in cinema, so I think, is it better than Twilight? <laughs> just like Gromit's ability just to go, you know, his eyebrow can face so much. Mm. Uh, and then, of course, I jumped into a close shave, which is wonderful yeah. as well, because you get to meet Shaun the Sheep. Yeah, without it, there's no Shaun the Sheep franchise. No, and I love the Shaun the Sheep stuff is great. Mm. Absolutely. The movies are fun as well. Mm. Um, but it, it, Preston the Cyber Dog is also quite terrifying as well. Mm. I've been a very good at villains. Yes. Yeah. If it's if it's a weird gas cooker on the moon. Is it Mrs. Tweedy in um, Chicken Run? Yes. Oh, she's terrifying. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. She's really menacing. I really liked her as a villain as well. Chicken Run Two is in production. Yeah. I'm very apprehensive about that because the first talking about you mentioned Coco. Chicken Run is so perfect. Yeah. Can't really. I don't know what they do with a sequel. To well, apparently, honest. apparently they're kind of it's either a prequel or something like that, and. Yeah, they wouldn't. I think there's been there was like a public spat about Julia Sawala not coming back to do her role because she was too old. She's she's had the same voice for thirty years. Have you ever watched Absolutely Fabulous? She has. Yeah. She does not age. It's just like it's just like <laughs> what. And the and the other thing is, what if it comes back and it's that sort of weird three D Ardman style computer stuff? Well, like flushed away. Yeah, I wasn't too keen on that. I Ardman is yeah. it's interesting because when when it, when it's a hit, yeah. It's like Curse the Rare Rabbit, which is so good. Mm. Uh, the the animation is gorgeous, and it's just the the it's the wittiest stories mm. you you'll get in children's animation. Mm. I mean, like the best thing about rewatching it for the hundredth time is you can just go, oh, look at grab all the Easter eggs, all the yeah. callbacks from the previous films, mm. um, and just the um, it's also got a cracking line from Peter K, who plays a police officer. It's <laughs> like, um, yeah, it's clearly arson. Someone's arson around. It's just like that. <laughs> That's, well done, Peter. Well done. Here's That's, your BAFTA. <laughs> Such a great line. Just like, um, oh, the, 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 one of my favourite lines of dialogue are so stupid. It's in the close shave. Mm. We have all the sheep lined up in the mincing machine. Mm. <laughs> and um, Sean the sheep's on an anvil and is about to uh, just cascade towards um, Preston. Mm. They've got Wendeline, the love interest. She just goes like, Doc. And Wallace goes, Oh, where? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's very, where? It's, it's, it is very northern. In the yeah. be- it's, just, it's got that northern 
comedic sensibilities down perfectly. <laughs> and, yeah, I mean, again, if you haven't watched any Wallace and Gromit, you could pick any. I mean, I, mean, from, I think most are on the iPlayer anyway. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. and they, they are so clever. They're so charming. Mm-hmm. And you can, you can watch them forever. I mean, I've been watching the first two mm. for about 25 years now. Mm. Like, I remember watching a close shape... Um, uh, a close shave debut mm. being so excited and just thinking this it was like it, it was like Easter television highlight of BBC mm. back in the day yeah We've, I, I didn't get to watch it but A Matter of Life and Death the last one before Pierce Ellis died mm. um, uh, was I think it was the number one viewed programme on Christmas Day in 2010 okay which is like um, normally it's EastEnders yes. I don't think I've seen A Matter of Life and Death oh it's very good it's very I need, I need to yeah, yeah I need to watch it it's, um, it's a, it's a it's it's basically a Hitchcock pastiche. Ah. So you'd probably appreciate it. Oh, yeah. good. Oh, good. Set a bakery with Wallace and Gromit. Cracking oh. cheese buns there, Gromit. <laughs> I wonder what moon cheese tastes like. Tastes of the moon. That tastes like plasticine, I'd imagine, actually. <laughs> <laughs> you just want to have, you just want to ch- eat a bit of cheese and just have that, um, you just have that, uh, that, uh, Wallace of. <laughs> Cracking cheese, Gromit. I think you'd make a great Wallace cosplayer. <laughs> I'd, I'd be your Gromit, obviously. So I'm going to have to shave my head. Yes. <laughs> oh, no. One of, my, one of my dream cosplays is Wallace in the wrong trousers. And you can get away <laughs> with it because he wears that red helmet with the diamond. Oh, yeah. So I wouldn't have to shave. It would just be inexplicably hairy arms with my string vest. <laughs> and oh, like, and, I, I don't and know. And you would need to build, you need someone to build remote control sort of what, wheels, wheels to the trousers that you could just sort of put away. <laughs> so, help! <laughs> Yeah, that, that was a techno trouser sound. Yeah, effect. and then and then just have somewhere popping out, just like cuddly penguin toy. <laughs> Watching, knowing about the success of Wallace and Gromit, because obviously it's been mm. dubbed and it's, yeah. it's huge around the world, really big in Japan. Yeah, um, I realised that everyone around the world thinks people in Britain are the way they are because of Wallace and Gromit, <laughs> and you know. <laughs> Uh, it's, yeah, it's not wrong. It's not wrong. So it's all about the cracking cheese, Gromit. Absolutely. And uh, oh. yeah, that's, <laughs> and um, I followed it up. I, I decided to stick with um, stock um, frame animation. Uh, I watched uh, Kubo and the Two Strings. Yes, this is Studio Latka, isn't it? Latka, yeah. yeah. How do you pronounce it? I don't know. No, no. But I know there's a K in it. Yeah. K, K and I. Uh, I, I, I <laughs> think they're a bit... I really, really took the Coraline. Yeah, Coraline's really liked good. Coraline. Um, I didn't like the box trolls. It was just a bit too boxy. Yeah, just strange. I mean, the way cheese is used in Wallace and Gromit is charming. The way it was used in the in box trolls is just really off-putting. Mm. I don't. It was just really weird. Oh, okay. Have, have you have you watched box trolls? No. Did they do? They did Paranorman as well, didn't they? I haven't actually seen Paranorman. I think they've done Paranorman. I, oh, yeah, I, think, they, I think they did. So they? they've done Box Trolls, Paranorman. They obviously done Kubu. Their recent one was Missing Link. I didn't get a chance to see that. Actually. I haven't seen it. It's on Netflix. Yeah. But um, Kubu and the Two Strings is is incredible. Mm. Um, regardless, of, ignoring the animation, the story is a delight anyway. Mm. Um, but the animation is absolutely exquisite. Yeah, so I watched Kubu. And the, I, I think in terms of studio like as body of work Kubu is by far it's their magnum opus mm. it's by far their best piece um, it's I think it. I, I thought it was going to win the um, Oscar but I realised it was up against Zootropolis yeah which is it, it's just a really I don't know some years it's frustrating some years at the, some years the animation 
every single one is like you look at it and go, "Yep, that should win." Yeah, that was like when you just see a bunch of films go up against each other and go, "Oh, it's 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 like who do you really want to win?" Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you're all there. You're all winners. Yeah. You're all my children. <laughs> but um, I've taken you've seen Kubo. I haven't seen Kubo. You haven't seen Kubo. You'd no. love Kubo. So it's got Matthew McConaughey plays a giant beetle samurai. Uh, well, all right, do. all right, all right. Yeah, basically that. But I'm a beetle. Yeah, that, that, basically <laughs> it. That's, that's most of his dialogue. <laughs> and Cherise Ferron, she plays um, a guardian monkey. Okay. A snow monkey. And um, she's terrifying. She's more terrifying in this than she is in Mad Max mm. um, or Monster. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, but no, no, the movie's very good. It's 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 definitely a homage to um, Japanese folklore. Yeah, and the animation is stunning, and it is a lot of sort of. I don't know if it's, I don't know how much they've. I don't want to use the word cheated, but um, I don't know how much CGI they've used in this in order to create this sort of origami magic mm. throughout the film. But it, it is a visual treat, and I would recommend it. I think from those films I've watched this week, I think the top pick would have to be Coco. Okay, um, but. They're all great. I'd, I'd give them all five stars. <laughs> mm. You just got your bucket of five stars going, five, five stars, stars, five stars, five stars. stars. Anyone who gives Wallace and Gromit in a close shave less than five stars is a psychopath. That's just, it's just, it's true. It's true. I'm just checking what I gave one or two of the films. <laughs> <laughs> what would you give? What, what, uh, Grand Day Out, maybe four stars. Grand Day Out, it's, four it's stars. Bit, Long is... Trousers, five. Definitely five for close shave. Wear Rabbit, five stars. I haven't seen Love for Death, so I can't really give yeah, proper that's, judgment. That's for it. that's a five star movie as yeah. well. Yeah, mm. but like, um, and you'd give Coco six stars because mm. of Dave Meltzer all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> it's just become a wrestling match then. Oh, it? Yeah, was it in the Tokyo Dome? Yeah, no, it was in the, the Mexico City equivalent, obviously. Okay. There are Lucha Doors in this film. The Lucha Dome. The Lucha <laughs> Dome. Seven stars. There must be an arena called the Lucha Dome, surely. There probably is, and I think wrestling fans might be shouting at us on Twitch <laughs> chat right now. Uh, Rey Mysterio is just furious. Uh, oh, well. But that was my cinematic week. We haven't talked about any of your films. No, we haven't. I've only got two. I've only got two this time around. So let's start off with something nice, something fun. We, let's talk about... Uh, Batman, Mystery of the Batwoman. Now, Ooh. this this is, I think, one of the like provisionally last sort of DC animated films before they began their proper DC animated universe. I think, it, I think it's the last in canon with the Batman yeah. animated series. Yeah, in line with uh, Batman the animated series and Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. And basically, the plot around it is uh, a mysterious Batwoman has turned up. She's causing havoc to uh, an arms deal trade from the Penguin, Rupert Fawn, and another uh, crime lord in Gotham. Um, but Batman, but she's not affiliated with Batman, so Batman must try and figure out who this Batwoman is. And there's several suspects in, in play. You've got a, a Bob Boss's daughter, you've got a, a wronged uh, tech whiz, and you've got a brand new police officer to Gotham PD. So the, the potential suspects are endless because it's definitely not Barbara Gordon because she's at university. <laughs> <laughs> and there's there's... You know, the killing joke, you know that sort of awkward Batman-Batgirl relationship thing they had at the start? Are we, are we talking about the film killing, the adaptation? Yeah, yeah, the, the, yeah the, the, the that, film killing That joke. doesn't exist in the comic no, book. No, it doesn't exist in the comic book. But they kind of, there's kind of seeds sown there at the start of Batman, uh, at the start of Batwoman here. Really? Because it's like he's he's picked up the phone, he's, he's talking to Barbara Gordon and she's going, oh, I could be back in Gotham and we could be fighting crime together and Bruce is just going, going, yeah, yeah, no, 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 no I'm losing you. 
and then it's like in front of in front of Alfred and and, and Robin. I think it's the Tim Drake Robin at the time, and they're yeah. just both looking at him going, "Are you are you acting all right?" <laughs> sort of way. But um, no, um, I I had very loose memories of this. Um, the animation for for its age and for an HD master on Amazon Prime was pretty good, pretty good. But mostly it's just kind of it's a Batman mystery with Batman romantic sax playing in the background. It's like the opening sequence is just kind of like this long sort of saxophone esque thing. It's like ah, there's Batman, a Batwoman, intrigue, romance, saxophone, <laughs> and that sort of thing. It is pretty much an extended episode of Batman the Animated Series. There's no ifs or buts about it. It's not... I think the mystery of who the Batwoman is and the reveal is very good. I think there are other villains you could have used in the story to make it engaging. Well, instead of Penguin? Instead of Penguin. Bane turns up towards the end because Bane. <laughs> I think... I, I my, my recollection is that it was the only one of... Because there were four features. It's yeah, the so, only one yes. I wasn't taken to because I, I loved... Um, Mask of Phantasm is incredible. Yeah. Five stars. Five stars. <laughs> I Sub Zero is also very good. Four stars. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Return of the Joker from Batman Beyond is is exceptional. Which five stars? Which version? Uncut, Fine. obviously. <laughs> like the the cut version is three stars. <laughs> I did some shurikens. Just stars. Just stars, stars. Stars. Like um, yeah. Um, this is the only one I kind of it seemed a bit forgettable to me to be honest it's, it's alright I think if you I think for diehard Batman animated fans watch it enjoy it for what it is It. I think if you're trying to get someone into the animated universe of Batman this is probably not the best place to start mm. because it's yeah it's like it is throwaway at times but it's like again I think there are some good moments there I think the mystery I think the reveal is really really good and clever um, other than that it's kind of eh. It's kind of like it is kind of like season three, season four tier Batman animated series just where extended where, where it was just kind of starting. Not say quality of the performance and that were going down here. It was just basically it was running out of steam at that time. Yeah, I think I think it was being stretched out um, for toys. Basically. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, the, it's and they clearly had you know the sights on Superman and Justice League, yeah, which were, were great as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm. No, I, I. Yeah, it's all right. I think yeah. if you're a fan, watch it. Yeah. I mean, it's like give it, give it at least one go. Is it included in the Batman Blu-ray set? It is not. No, they have they have Sub Zero and Phantasm, don't yeah. they? Yeah, it is available on Blu-ray, I believe, from US import, and believe it's not av- It's available on DVD in the UK. It's not available on Blu-ray in the UK, but you can get an HD version if you watch it on streaming platforms. So. So you do have your options. You do have your options. Um, last film of uh, of my cinematic week: uh, Hitman's Bodyguard. I didn't get a chance to see this. What did you think? I've seen this a couple of times now. Um, did you grab it on 4K? I've got it on 4K. Um, it's it's a it's for those for those watching. Uh, it's an action comedy. Ryan Reynolds is one of the best bodyguards in the world, and after a botched mission becomes kind of like low tier or just kind of becomes like a, a, a very bad bodyguard person. Bodyguard, not bodyguard person. Um, but then he is tasked with looking after uh, an assassin player by Samuel Jackson, who they are they are bitter enemies and they must somehow work together so they can get Samuel Jackson to The Hague so he can testify against war criminal played by Gary Oldman. And uh, hilarity ensues in that sort of sense. Um, how, how similar is it to um, The Nice Guys? 
the nice guys is more of a noir story. Yeah. Or it's like it feels like more like a gumshoe detective thing. Whereas with Hitman's Bodyguard, this is just like a prat fall about action comedy where it, it makes it makes no lies of what it's trying to be. It's it's basically we're here to just be silly for two hours and not try and be too deep about things. Mm. Um, the chemistry between Reynolds and Jackson's really, really good. Uh, the action sequences aren't too bad. Um, oh, it was Reynolds, sorry. Yeah, Ryan Reynolds. I, uh, I thought it was Coslin. That would be a very different film. That's why I asked about um, nice guys. Nice guys, yeah. But yeah, it's Ryan Reynolds. Oh no, that, that, I don't know why. I thought, I thought it was Gosling. Well, I haven't the, watched every it. Every Ryan, so, uh, every Ryan sounds the same. Has, have Ryan, has Ryan Gosling and Ryan Reynolds been in a film together? I don't know, but would the universe collapse if that happened? I think they're the same person. Hmm. Well, one one has slightly brown hair, and the other has blonde hair. <laughs> one takes their glasses off, off, and they become Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> <laughs> True. Um, uh, so what was I saying? Yeah, there's some decent action sequences here. It it, it is throwaway action fluff. It, it absolutely is. It's directed by Patrick Hughes, who did Expendables Three, uh, or which again I didn't mind. I think out of the three Expendable films, that one seemed the most coherent. I suppose <laughs> I haven't heard the word coherent and Expendables well, put together before. Well, I think it was it it was the more competent of the lot because basically it's like. Bits and pieces of the previous two worked, but then there were bits and pieces that are just clearly too much. Mm. I mean, it's like, I always think there's always like, there's just the first Expendables film. I It's like, yes, you see all these action legends playing together on the same screen. Amazing. But it self-indulges itself. And it's like, it could, oh. it, it could have been leaner. It could have had, it could have, you could cut probably 20 minutes off. And it would be a better film, but no, you've got to have it. Everyone has to have their moment. Everyone's got to have their sort of as thing. long as, as long as you retain Stone Cold Steve Austin clotheslining. Yeah. I, don't, I can't remember who he even. I think he clotheslines Stallone because <laughs> yeah, yeah, he has a he has a mini fight with Stallone. Um, I think Stallone got injured because of that. Really, I'm not sure. There's a there's a feature length documentary with the original DVD Blu-ray release. I need to dig that out. But yes, Hitman's Bodyguard. Um, if you like it, if you just like, no, if you just like a very, very easygoing action comedy, you, can go, you can't go really wrong with this. Um, there is a sequel coming next year, Hitman's Bodyguard's Wife, because uh, the Hitman played by Jackson, he has a wife in the film played by Salma Hayek who is just as volatile and violent as he is. Excellent. So I have a feeling it's going to be, let's let's say have Ryan Reynolds look after Salma Hayek this time around and see what happens. Um, but yeah, it's it's all right. It, 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 I think if you're going in with low expectations, you'll be fine. Mm. If you're expecting this is going to be the greatest comedy ever made, no. No, absolutely not. Especially when you have such great action sequences set in the town of Coventry. <laughs> I mean, Coventry is unique in the fact that if you blew it up, you'd improve the landscape. But I mean... Uh, uh, well, then, well... Do, do, they, do, they, do, they have a, do they have a car chase on that awful roundabout? Like, <laughs> you know, you know, that weird little mini spaghetti junction in the middle of Coventry. No, I don't think so, no. I've never been able to get out of that in but one they, go. But the start of the film, they transport Samuel Jackson from Manchester and they get ambushed in Coventry. And every time someone mentions Coventry in the film, I just had to kick it because like, this this doesn't make sense. It's like saying, oh, there's been an action scene in Reading. <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah, it's... It's like you imagine hearing the words, oh yeah, there's been there's been there's been an ambush set in London, or there's been an ambush in Manchester. Those sort of town names sound right. It's like Coventry. <laughs> and don't get me wrong, Coventry is a lovely place for, for university, especially in terms of uh, Warwick Arts Union, because that's obviously where a lot That's of, not Coventry though, is it? It's on the outskirts. It's not, yeah, it's not Coventry. 
Coventry. I've, I have friends who live in Coventry and they don't think highly of Coventry, so you don't have to beat around the bush about it. I'm a good fan of like, <laughs> But yes, yeah, it's, it's so that those little modes of, we've got this like, this has all gone down in Coventry. <laughs> Coventry. Who would have thought the world would end in Coventry? Oh dear. But yeah, that, that, those are my two films of the week. Mm. That's, uh, yeah, so there you go. That's cinematic and, week. And what stars would you give those films? Uh, I would probably give the, I'd probably give uh, Mystery of the Batwoman 3. Um, it's entertaining. But yeah, it's not necessarily. I think the voice cast does help it a bit. Uh, I was, it's like I said, I still was very surprised by the animation quality. I thought I remember it being kind of weaker, but then go, oh, this this is quite nice. It's more in line with Justice League Unlimited cartoons, really. Yeah. Uh, Hitman's Bodyguard, I give three and a half, just simply because there's good chemistry there and there's really good action sequences in Amsterdam when they when they go to Amsterdam. So. After yeah. Coventry. After Coventry. They go to Coventry. <laughs> it's Coventry, then some country roads, Amsterdam, The Hague, done. If the film was set entirely in Coventry, would you be giving it five stars? I'm not sure. It depends what they get up to. <laughs> it's when they just turn, this is where they just bring bring the action to the Warwick Uni on the outskirts. I don't know if it's me just getting trapped on a roundabout as all I want is a KFC. That's, that's, <laughs> that's my experiences of Coventry. Uh, oh, Even my sat-nav just died. It's just like, went, you- nope. You've entered Coventry. <laughs> sadness. <laughs> what is that dark place? <laughs> it's called sadness. Ah, oh. anyway, shall we crack on with the show? Yes. Yes. Anyway, it's time to move on to our main film review of this episode, and it is Disney's live-action adaptation of Mulan. Do you know why the phoenix sits on the right hand of the emperor? She is his guardian. His protector. That she's both beautiful and strong. Your job is to bring honor to the family. Do you think you can do that? Citizens, we are under attack from northern invaders. Their leader calls himself Ori Khan. Fights alongside a witch. No survivors. By edict of his imperial majesty, every family must contribute one man to fight. Have you no son? I am blessed with two daughters. I will fight. We must be strong. This time he will not return. Loyal, brave, and true. It is my duty to protect my family. Right, so this is the live-action adaptation of the classic 1998 Disney animation. Um, Has had a bit of a rough way of getting on to uh, getting the release, (laughs) and that's putting it mildly, um, mostly because it is currently only available now on Disney Plus with Premier Access Star. <laughs> uh, which means for an extra cost, you can now watch this film on Disney Plus. I believe if certain markets don't have Disney Plus available, it will still get a cinema release. But um, yeah, this is just the, the main story as as the same as the animation. A young Chinese maiden disguised herself as a male warrior in order to save her father and fight for China against uh, an invading tyrannical force. 
Yeah. And and that's it in a nutshell. Um, but obviously the big thing about this is it's it is a Chinese uh cast film. Yeah. So we have so we have uh Yi Fi Lu as Mulan, we have Donnie Yen, we have Gong Li, we have Jet Li, we have Jason Scott Lee, Tiz Ma. So it's a real kind of there's a there's there's been a proper sort of backing of of Chinese talent here, which is, which on well, the surface is a good thing. But as I think, as we're going to talk a little bit further on there, there, it's not necessarily, uh, it doesn't necessarily feel like it is a Chinese film through and through. This is Disney just trying to make a film to appease a Chinese audience. Which is interesting because that's exactly why Mulan was created in the first place back in the late nineties. Mm. It was a, it was a clear intent to break into the Chinese market, which Hollywood has been trying to do with relative success in recent years mm. for quite a long time. Um, it's <laughs> I'm st- I'm still amazed that um, I mean, like Chinese audiences seem to have taken to things like the big budget franchises like Transformers and the MCU. Mm. Um, Disney, the other Disney properties like Star Wars, I'm not entirely sure. Um, I think it had an okay success, but I think things like Transformers, I think even Pacific Rim did quite well yes. in, in Chinese markets. That's why you have Pacific Rim Uprising. Yeah, but the, the problem is Hollywood trying to woo Chinese market is becoming politically awkward, especially with the Hong Kong protests, the, um, the umbrella movement, etc. And it doesn't help when the cast of this adaptation of Mulan are so vocal for one political perspective than the other. Mm. Now, when it comes to the, approaching this film, you and I, we've we've tried to we're trying to evaluate it as as a film. Yeah. Um, it's obviously films as all pieces of art. They're not in a vacuum. They no. do they do either reflect or influence politics in the mm. real world. And I, I hate people who are saying it's just a Disney film. You shouldn't talk about politics. Mm, it's like, no, I, I think for this one in particular, it it does scream a lot of Disney trying to appease one market. Yeah, and not just not not necessarily just the Chinese market itself, but it seems like they're trying to appease the Chinese Communist Party, um, and the, it it screams CCP all the way through the movie mm. in terms of um, the way the, the emperor, he almost, he almost feels like he's meant to be a representation of um, uh, President Xi. Yeah. Um, and the emperor is played by Jet Li in this, who is dubbed. I, I am pretty, I, yeah. I believe he is dubbed. It just doesn't sound like Jet Li. And I've heard Jet Li speaking English in films before. That's not Jet Li. No, no, it's not his, it's not his English voice whatsoever. No. I don't know if he was just phoning it in or well, if they didn't think his voice was right for well, the role. Well, he did originally He did originally turn down the offer to appear in the film, but his daughters said, or they highlighted how important for Chinese culture it would be for him to be part of this film, especially based on Mulan. He decided uh, again to backtrack and accept the role. Yeah. Um, but that that doesn't really say much about Jet Li's performance. Jet Li is just kind of like a window dressing in this. Yeah, he's he's totally phoning it in. Yeah. Um <laughs> But anyway, Jet Li's not the main character of this film. Is he? So. No, no. So the, this film this film comes with a lot of heavy baggage. I guess is what I'm trying to say, and it's you can't escape it. You you'll have opinions on on this. Mm. Um, I I feel increasingly uncomfortable with the way Hollywood is. Um, Katowing to the Chinese Communist Party, mm. especially when the, the, we are clearly not 
aligned ideologically with the you know um, between the West mm. and our sense of you know our beliefs beliefs in democracy and open uh, um, in um, uh, and free speech, um, which is clearly totally against uh, what's happening in China um, mm. and has been for quite a long time. Um, so we get in these awkward moments where the, there's just a strange incompatibility. Yeah. Um, and it's, and this, this feels very much like a film that kind of reflects the worst of both worlds in a sense. I mean, it's, 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 I feel like this Mulan is trying to have, it's trying to have his cake and eat it. It's trying yeah. to, it's trying to appease to a Chinese market. But it, we t- you're talking about the, the, the cast being uh, Chinese heritage. Mm. Um, and the, the, I think the casting is okay, yeah, and the acting is fine, mm. except for I, I think Jet Li was phoning it in. Mm. Um, it's a shame because Jet Li's probably <laughs> he'd be the person I'm most interested in seeing in this film. I mean, he's he's done similar sort of roles in other sort of Chinese-led films, yeah, uh, Chinese-produced films. Sorry, and he's had a lot more of an impact and a lot more. He he looks like he's more with the film. Yeah. Or, with, or with what he's doing. He's definitely, he's definitely, yeah, the, the, in this, he's just, it feels like he's tapped out. It's mm. just like, you know, it's almost like, you know, when you, you're, you've quit a job. Yeah. But you've still got two weeks to work. Yeah. And you know, you're, you've got to do the work, but you, you're, you're not, you're checked out. You're yeah. planning. The, <laughs> it's kind of like that. Yeah. Um, but in, uh, uh, so I'll get off topic. Mm. Yeah. So, Aesthetically, to a Western audience, this would probably appear Chinese as a mm. film, just spoken in English. You look at the producers and you look at the creatives behind it, and it's it's all American. Yeah, and the story itself feels it feels Disney. Yeah, it doesn't feel like I'm watching a piece of Asian of cinema th- that happens to be in English. I mean, one of the things we've we picked up in watching the film was. The pattern, the sort of strange parallels to a Star Wars oh, story, yes. and I just—it was just—I think you mentioned it at the very start, and I, we just yeah. couldn't shake it throughout the rest of the so film. So one of the big, so <sighs> I'm trying to still process my thoughts because we only just watched the film. Yeah, we, yeah, one of the biggest problems of this movie is that it's—it looks and kind of feels like an adaptation of Milan. But in actuality, it's basically a Chinese-led Star Wars, and specifically Disney Star Wars. Mm. Mulan here is almost the same character as Rey mm. from uh, Force Awakens onwards, and she has the same Mary Sue, um, Mary Sue-esque elements of a character. Really. Mulan is just naturally gifted in this. In the uh, 1998 animated version, she is. Terrible at be mm. at playing male soldier mm. at first, and one of the delights of the film is watching her progress and become better, especially through the musical montages with like Danny Osmond singing over and all the thousands of them launching arrows with increased accuracy. Here, she is a natural talent, and it's it's so cringy because rather than calling it the Force. Mm. They've taken a piece of Chinese philosophy, qi, as in life force, or energy, mm. which, you know, oddly enough, is what did influence George Lucas in, in creating the force, which, yeah. which is always meant to be a very loose sense of mystic- Eastern mysticism incorporated into the, that 
grand sci-fi opera. They've taken that the force from Star Wars and called it chi here in such a ham-fisted kind of awkward. It, it, yeah. it's, it's exactly the same as Force Awakens, Last Jedi, and Rise of Skywalker. It's the way they use the force in those films is the way chi operates here. Mm. And um, because she can, because Mulan has access to the chi, but she's a woman. She is considered. She would be considered a witch. Mm. So it's taboo, and it's 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 a really strange. It just doesn't work, and the it undermines the character because in the you you have no interest in Mulan because she's so gifted already. Yeah, she, she doesn't struggle at all. Really, mm. there's, there's a there's a few moments where they, they try to convey that she's finding the experience a tad depressing. Mm. Uh, away from well, there's, family. there's a whole bit where she's starting out, and then all of a sudden she has like a, a spark in a fight with one of her one of her fellow soldiers, and then Donnie Yen just says, "You're holding back, don't hold back, unleash your chi," <laughs> that sort of stuff, and it's like, oh, absolutely fine. I can just start fighting everyone. I can start kicking spears from the sky, kicking arrows <laughs> at people that are flying towards her, and it, there's a, I mean. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure. I I don't think turning this into a, a, a it feels like a Western attempt at making a classic, a sort of like '80s wire foo movie mm. with a Disney CGI. Yeah, and with layers of fantasy thrown at it, which I, I think it hinders the movie. Yeah, because you've got you've got Gong Li playing uh, one of the antagonists. She's playing like this mysterious she's witch just character. Known as a witch. She's just known as the the witch or something. Yeah, like that. and basically she's assisting uh, the villain played by Jason Scott Lee um, in trying to take over China. Well, it's interesting because we say that if Mulan is Rey, yeah, she is Kylo Ren. Ren yeah. yeah. <laughs> She, she's the she's the dark side of the force because because they have they have an encounter halfway through the film and it then it soon becomes it's like you're just like me it's like you're strong courageous woman and people shun you because of that join me and we can rule China <laughs> together as sisters not what actually happened but it's it's it, it's, it, it's, it, it's you've it's the spirit of that scene yeah pretty spot on and it's just. Really awkward and clumsy, and it's really strange because the witch character she is, she's so overpowered. There are moments throughout the film where she could have. I gen, I'm generally convinced she could have conquered the whole of China herself. Yeah, on her own, and she even had the opportunity of killing the emperor like within five minutes of the film, but she didn't. Mm. I don't know why. I mean, be, yeah, <laughs> it's just, and it's like a, it's like she's she's more powerful than than the lead the lead invader. So it doesn't make sense. It's no. it's a bit it's a bit weird. I mean, if you want if you want that sort of character to be a really terrifying, be like your lead villain, make that the villain. Yeah, so make- they've made it. She's an awkward compromise. Yeah, where they, I don't think they, I don't know if they, if they were worried about having a female antagonist, mm. which may they may have been worried about detracting from the message they're yeah. trying to convey of sort of like female empowerment here. Because, I mean, that is the heart of the story. It's, mm. it's about, you know, a young woman trying to break against social conventions and family conventions. And then, and in the basis of that, that that in itself is an inspirational story to well, the, young girls. Well, that's to, the thing. I don't think you need all the extra, the extra layers they've thrown on top of this film. I don't think they need it. No. It's um, like they could have just, they could have done that and just had a pretty traditional war film side I, of things and that still would that that would have felt more authentic to the occasion than having 
having mysterious characters sort of turning to kestrels and flying around, <laughs> or falcons, sorry, falcons or kestrels, and so forth. And yeah, I don't know. It's like it's like you were saying about the action sequences. The action sequences, they're okay, but but the problem is, like you said, it feels like this is Hollywood trying to make its own sort of Iron Monkey style. Mm. Uh, US film, the editing is all over the place when he gets to those sequences. Yeah, they're, you they're, pointed that. You, you were counting the I cuts just, at one like, point, weren't in you? In the finale, I was counting one sequence of the film and I was just going, there are 10 cuts in about one minute's worth of footage. Yeah. And some of it, I don't know what's going on. And the fact is, with the with films like Iron Monkey, you go back to those sort of films that this is trying to emulate, this is trying to pay homage to. Those films... Yes, they have very out there action sequences, people and lies. Yeah. But at least you knew what was going on. Yeah. And you weren't disorientated by what was going on. No. You you're fine. You're absolutely right. That's films like Iron Monkey or like other like um they sort of like Hong Kong Hong Kong movies at the time. So the set pieces can be as crazy and elaborate as they want. And yeah. sometimes they were. Iron Monkey in particular, Once Upon a Time in China, two springs to mind and, and other films like that. Um going back to Jet Li. Mm. Um but you'll find that the, the the cinematography, the actual film, the actual filming of the sequences were quite grounded and like it was like the it wasn't as fast paced as as the the action stars are. Yeah, it was actually, it was it was like a calm frenzy to the sequences. Yeah. this they I I feel like um I don't I don't know if the director's done any action sequences before. I know Nikki Caro, the director of this. I'm not entirely. I don't think she's done any action sequences, this kind of action before. No, I mean she she made Well Rider, which was an Academy uh, nominated drama. Yeah, but that's, that's a very that, different that's a, kind of movie. Although, although it's interesting because that is about it's got similar themes. Well, yeah, yeah, it's very similar themes. It's about a young girl trying to find her way in in a sort of, I think it's a New Zealand village yeah. and trying to find a way through tradition and so forth like yeah. that. Um, but yeah, in terms of drama pedigree, Nikki Caro has has it there. It's just, action doesn't seem, seem to no. be... It's, it's, I think... I, if, if, to me, it, it feels like... It feels like... Because the choreograph- choreography of the action sequences are technically sound. Yes. I mean, they're a bit... There is a bit of a logical inconsistency. I've, I, mm. I I found it's like at certain points it's dialing up, dialing up to ten all the sort of crazy sort of uh, Chinese martial art wushu techniques and stuff yeah. like that. So you've got cameras turning all that sort of stuff, and then you get to like the one of the big set pieces in the middle of the film. It's just a standard war, it war battle. Very, it wasn't very good. It was quite plain, and it was frustrating because that scene. <laughs> what frustrated me about that scene is why the hell would do you know how big China is? Yeah. Right. So why are those armies so small? Was it, it was, did they run out of extras? Don't know. It was, it was hardly. It was like I, I swear there was a hundred people in each side. Mm. Like that's that's a skirmish at best. <laughs> like because the the, the anime. <sighs> so there are a lot of. I have a lot of problems with this film. I think you haven't actually watched the the anime no, version. I, I would still recommend that. I mean, it's it's interesting because that film. Died in China. Mm. It was panned. Um, I believe it was seen as quite culturally insensitive. Um, um, in terms of in terms of the animated film itself, I mean, I, I I'm aware of certain bits uh, through things like Watch Mojo lists. Um, they highlighted recently that the sort of the the Chinese army kind of coming across this destroyed village 
was a very impactful sort of sort yes. of dark turn for film. And hearing that and looking at some of the visuals with that, I can see that I can see why it would be a dark moment for a U-rated family film. You look at the live action version here; they do a similar scene, but they're, they're not necessarily. They just sort of they're just they, sort of walking walk through. They, they just walk through, and there's a pile of helmets. It's like, oh no, a lot of people have died here. Carry on, yeah. and it's and it just it it doesn't have that emotional punch you would expect to have. Mm. No, that the scene you're talking about is very is very powerful. The original, especially mm. because it's it it's so cruel. What film does there's, there's a there's a song called a, a, a girl worth fighting for, mm. where all the soldiers are talking about you know what what kind of lady they fancy. Mm. The film kind of touched upon that, recycled yeah, there's, it as straight dialogue. There's a one scene of that, yeah. Yeah, so that you have this very jaunty, like, kind of marching, it's a fanfare, marching yeah. fanfare for two, three minutes, and the joke is like Mulan is pushing that, you know, I want a clever, strong, capable yeah. woman, and the other soldiers laugh at her. Um, and then the song, which is a really bouncy, major key, just cut, kind of almost abruptly stops and when they see the village mm. and then they pick up this doll yeah. Mulan, which Mulan saw a child playing with previously mm. and it's, it's things like that that really it, it, it was far more effective in conveying the horrors of war yeah. than a live action movie which, which yeah. with such a huge budget is really surprising mm. I don't know if it's because although Mulan is a cartoon its attitude towards so like ninety eight Milan is a cartoon. Its attitude towards um, sort of the, the towards war was very grounded. The way that war is presented in this version of Milan is so cartoony mm. that you can't become emotionally invested in it. It yeah. feels more like a live action cartoon. If it, it's if a it, strange inversion of the original. Yeah, that does sound right. That does sound right about inversion there. Yeah, it's bizarre. Oh. And I generally think I was in my head. I thought I was quite excited about this when it was first announced a couple of years mm. ago because I thought it would be a gritty, almost, almost. Uh, you can imagine like um, Saving Private Ryan for kids. Mm. That kind of like in term in terms of the amount the obviously this is the latest in the, the live action reimaginings, <laughs> and out of all of them, the one that has the most potential. Was Mulan? Yeah, that I mean, and Pocahontas. That, that and Pocahontas. There was there was a very good potential here, especially with the talent involved and so forth. The fact is, they were trying to make this as, as authentic as possible. That was that was kind of like when you look at things like uh, you look at um, Aladdin or you look at even some of the other ones. I mean, even Jungle Book, Jungle Book, Lion and stuff King, like that. It's Beauty like and the Beast. It's like. It, there's no, it's like you you can't understand how it would work as a reimagined live action without without destroying something that's important to the original's soul or the sort of the, the the thing that just sort of connect was easier for audiences to connect with. Yeah. So Mulan had an opportunity here to be something in in complement, I suppose. So basically, yes. We don't have Mushu. We don't have the dragon and so forth like that. Fair enough. That's fine. If they're going down the suit, that's good. That means you're going, okay, we're trying to keep this grounded, realistic. But it it feels more, it's like I haven't seen Mulan, the 98 cartoon, but from what what I already know about it, and obviously people love the soundtrack. I mean, I've been to conventions where the music gets played at parties and stuff like that, like I'll make a man out of you, that sort of stuff. Yeah, that song is great. Stuff. 
there's a there's, I feel there's a lot more heart and soul in the 98 animation than there is in this version. And considering out of all of the films, I wasn't really expecting that heart and soul there. The one I was expecting this to probably work would be Mulan. Yeah. And it doesn't. No. It doesn't. I mean, yeah, it look. I mean, 4K on Disney Plus looks lovely. Um, and that's all I can really kind of think because every, everything else is kind of, it feels haphazard. And it's like when you mentioned the Star Wars reference at the start of the film, we just couldn't shake it. No, it's, we, it was very cringy. We just couldn't shake it. Um, and by and by the finale, by the finale, I'm, we were disengaged with it because yeah. because like we're not deliberately trying to not pay attention to the movie, but when you find the silly elements of the film a lot more attentive than say what's going on there, you you don't care about the threat. You don't care about about Mulan saving the day. No. It's just at the end of the day, it's just like okay, they've kind of made a li- they've made a live action version of this cartoon. But it doesn't have a soul. No. <laughs> and that's... I, to be honest, that's that's my criticism of every live action yeah. um, Disney remake over the last three or four years. Is uh, with the exception of maybe Cinderella, which I need to sort of have more of. A Cinderella, think about. I've seen bits of, and I kind of it's a bit of an odd outlier. Yeah, isn't it? Um, but, the, but the others, including this, they just they're visually they they are a series of films made by very talented people, and they lack soul. Mm. They have no heart. And they just they just feel vacant. They just feel hollow. Yeah, really. It, yeah. I, it, and this this is probably I'd say this is the worst of the bunch. Ooh. Yeah. I. You think Lion King's worse? I'm still pretty annoyed at Lion King. <laughs> How dare you take out Be Prepared? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> or replace true. it that's with true. just a speaking version. Um, I mean, it's going going back to the sort of broader cultural issues with this film and mm. the original. I'd say it's fascinating seeing this sort of online reception. Both mm. films appear to have failed in in actually. Actually, talked about Kubo and the Two Strings. We talked about earlier. Yeah, is a Western movie made by Americans, mm. um, and it's a homage to Japanese story, storytelling. And it has heart. It's got soul. It's clever. It's it's you know it's it's very clever um in terms of its storytelling and at no point does it feel like it's insulting the culture in which it's engaging with mm. uh, it feels it feels very much like a, a sincere and earnest homage to um eastern storytelling same with the original tv version of avatar legend of ang yeah yeah that's again it's an american production that's embracing eastern um storytelling and it does it very well both mulans fail to do this they they are very american they are they are very disney yeah the difference between 98 mulan and 20 20 mulan is that <laughs> the 1998 one at least has um is enjoyable it actually works as a film yeah it's um despite the fact that it's you know it's culturally insensitive in some respects um, if you can, if you can still appreciate it as mm. as an earnest attempt, I mean, clearly these these people who were making the '98 Mulan didn't really understand what they were doing because they were just basically taking a Chinese myth and mm. Disneyfying it, which is that's what Disney's been doing with European mythology well, for the last I mean, eighty it's like, years. It's like Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Yeah. It's a very dark tale, but Walt Disney took it and made it 
brighter but and happier di- for the family. Disneyfied it. Yeah, yeah. You used to have those sort of shocks with with well, even the even, and stuff even like recent that. ones like Little Mermaid. I say recent. That's not that recent, but well, yeah, comparatively to, speaking, yeah. Little Mermaid is a lot darker in the original tale. Yeah. Um, the Hans Christian Andersen version. She dies at the end. Oh for yeah. God's sake. Yeah. Um, turns into bubbles. Um, and you couldn't have that in a Disney film. No. And it's, it's interesting. If anyone anyone who's got any um, scholars out there who take a keen interest in Disney will, will probably know that the Grimm's, the Grimm brothers, brothers Grimm, I should say, they um they they Disney-fied their stories as well. They, they took pre-existing um, um, fairy tales and, and sanitised them for their demographic, for their market. Yeah. So, I mean, this it happens for history. But, I mean... At least when Disney is bastardizing European mythology, it's it's you know we share a cultural tie to yeah. America. You know, like, um, you know, those are people of European heritage making those decisions. Mm. Um, even though they're going to give Robin Hood lots of American accents and make him play American football, uh, <laughs> never understood that. When when you get Americans with European heritage taking Chinese stories mm. and then bastardising them the same way it's just it creates all sorts of awkward mm. cultural sensitivities and like I say the first one it gets over that hurdle if you switch that part of your brain off a bit because the story is in itself just incidentally good mm. and the music is great and you do care for the characters um, even though it's not really a Chinese story yeah um, this one which strangely enough was an attempt to address those issues is kind of just as equally insensitive <laughs> yeah, and um, managed to seemingly alienate both audiences. Yeah. Weird that. So it's, yeah. a, it's failure think, is complete. I think, I think to it's, I think one thing that does bug me about this is we haven't been able to see this on the cinema screen. I don't know if that would have changed my overall opinion of it. I don't think so. I, I, just, I really it, don't like the Disney, what Disney have done in terms of selling this film. Yeah. The, prescri- the prescription, subscription model. I prescribe you, Mulan! Inject <laughs> it straight in my, my. veins. <laughs> yeah, I, not, yeah. Would it, you spend nineteen ninety nine on this film? Well, we had to here. <laughs> yeah, we did. Mm. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I'd rather pay like a £5 cinema ticket in Reading yeah. and watch this on a cinema screen. I mean, the fact of the matter is, I, I can appreciate, again, it's like it, throughout the COVID situation, I appreciate why certain studios have done this. Um, and for certain studios, it's worked worked delightfully well for them. Universal with Charles World, World Tour. But I don't know, my, my, I think I raised this before. My problem with this is how what sort of messages is sending about certain about again we talk about this is a chinese chinese cast female lead film about about a female character getting empowerment and stuff like that and you've just relegated from a big screen to a small screen and you're it's like yes you can you can turn around and say oh it's covid's fault it's like well no tenets just prove that you can release a film and people who are interested will go and see it yes because because tenets made the the five million UK and it's opening weekend. Yes, and the fam. I probably there's been less there's been less uproar about it because it's Mulan, 
But I think if Black Widow is to go straight to Disney Plus, oh. I I imagine all <laughs> hell is going to break loose. Oh, Twitter will break that day, my friends. Yeah. Um, uh, Black Widow needs needs to be a major cinema release. Um, it's an interesting point to make there. Actually, I hadn't mm. really considered that because you're right. This is obviously a, at its core, this film was meant to be about female emancipation. Mm. Um, and even though that message is getting does get confused, and it it is it is haphazardly uh, communicated in this film. Yeah, but the fact of the matter is, it's like we can sit we could sit here and say we don't connect with the film. But if this film went out to a cinema and young families go and see it, and young girls learning just trying to understand what they could be like they because like they could be anything they could be soldiers they could be leaders and so forth films like mulan are there to help inspire that and the problem is you've relegated to a small screen where it's going to be throwaway fluff for for a couple of months before it properly arrives on disney plus in december and i think you, you are robbing you are robbing a core audience of seeing something as it's intended to be mm. Um, whether or not we liked the film or not, I think Disney have done some damage here in terms of sending message about, about, positive, about representation. positive representations. Yeah, mm. that's an interesting point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think Disney just panicked, thought that the cinemas wouldn't be in the state they are at the moment yeah. because I, I think I think Christopher Nolan has saved cinema literally. Mm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, 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 I think. They decided to send Mulan out as a way of basically testing the water. If this is successful, this is definitely how other major releases are going to be like. And, and I, think- I, d- I don't know. I, I don't buy the testing waters. No, no. I mean, I, I can understand. I can, I can buy the fact of. Oh yeah, we're just looking at separate release schedule things. But if they had, if they had faith in this film, they would have sent it out to cinemas as well in the UK, and they didn't. There's basically like it's like, oh yeah, we're testing the waters. Like okay, then offer people the choice before. If they want to see it in the cinema, they can see it at the cinema. If they want to watch it on Disney+, Plus, they can see it on Disney+. Plus. But don't just say we're testing the waters and then just sort of go, no, 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 Disney+, Plus is the way. Because as we've, we, as we have discovered watching original films on Disney+, Plus or films that have been pushed to Disney+, Plus, they're not good. I'm not talking about... I'm not talking about Disney Plus original films being released. No, 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 no. It means films that are meant to be cinematic. Films that were supposed to have cinematic releases, but then Disney went, no, no, plus. Hmm. I mean, I mean, the Hamilton musical thing, I think, was kind of like a way to kind of boost, uh, boost their exposure. And I get that. And to be honest, having that a year early wasn't a bad thing. No. And it was, it was well made. Um, but then again, it's, it was technically a non Disney product until Disney just bought the rights to brought, to to make the film of it. Yeah. Uh, that was basically it. Um, but no, you look at Artemis Fowl. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Artemis Fowl is a terrible film. But then again, that's, it, it's the subtle way of Disney saying they don't have faith in the film. Mm. And I and it's like, I it's like I can get the test in the waters bit out a little bit, but it doesn't scream they had faith in this film. No, and and that is. And that's just pretty inexcusable when we're trying to have positive representation today. Mm. But anyway, I, I, it's like I can go around in circles on this in day, but <laughs> but yeah, it's my, like my, I, 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 yeah, it's like I, I think this film should have released in a cinema. I, I agree with you. I think a cinematic release was possible. More, yeah. I mean, it would not now because you need to wait a month yeah. for Tenet to stop dominating. I mean, I mean, my my understanding would have been if the film could not have released in a cinema, it would go to Disney Plus. Fine. Yeah, I get that. Then, oh, we're not going to give it to any cinemas, despite the fact 
pretty much most cinemas in the UK are open again. Yeah. It's like Disney could have looked at it and went, oh, we can actually do something. We can have a nice bit of positivity. We could have to say, oh, people are enjoying Mulan on the big screen and enjoying it on the small screen. No, 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 no. We, we just watched it on a 55-inch telly <laughs> where the sound mixing was even weirder at the end credits. Oh, that was strange. Yeah. I barely hear the songs. Yeah. Right? I, don't, I don't know what the sound mixing was going on there, but... Mm. Mm. The bass was insane. Yeah. No. Yeah. So, anyway, to sum up, my, my, my problems with Mulan, awkward Communist Party propaganda piece designed to make as much money in the Chinese market, but in doing so, it's probably inadvertently alienated Chinese moviegoers and American movie, well, Western moviegoers. Mm. The Mulan character is a Mary Sue, who is just naturally gifted with all abilities. She doesn't learn anything. She just is great straight on, on, off the bat. Um, the antagonists are dull, kind of bland. Mm. Yeah, the secondary characters are kind of bland as well. And the, uh, the action sequences are just really confused. Mm. So not impressed. Really not impressed. Yeah, I think my... My thoughts are basically I'm I'm disappointed because I expected a bit more from this, and some of the reviews across sites were being quite positive about it. I was, I was like, Empire gave it four stars. Really? I don't know, <laughs> but yeah, it's like a lot of people were being quite positive about the film, but negative about the fact that they had to see it on Disney Plus. Yeah. And at the moment, I think if I paid if I paid five quid for this film, I would have. I would have not been, it's like, I still wouldn't have been as invested, but at least I could turn around and say, you know what? I saw it on a big screen. And that's, and, and for, a, for a female character film of this sort of nature, of this magnitude, that's important. Yeah. But also in terms of the live action reimaginings, I don't feel this is the this isn't the worst, but this is the one that had the potential. It had the potential. Yeah, this had the potential to be a truly great film on yeah. its own. Um, because yeah, and it was so strange because again, I thought this was the whole point of this film was to address the problems that the original inadvertently made for itself, but it just um, doubled yeah, down, just doubled down, and it but in doubled down in a way where it just it took iconic scenes from the animated uh, um, version and just um, pedestrianized, made it really pedestrian, mm. pedestrianized. Is that even a word? Yeah, yeah, yeah pedestrialized yeah. like a lot of a lot of you know things that worked really well don't fix what's not broken mm. um, I mean Little Mermaid is still on the horizon I have no faith in that whatsoever it looks Which, awful I mean I'll, I'll watch it and judge it fairly but I mean I mean again it's like there there is some promise there I mean I think if we there's African American playing Ariel which is really good in terms of diversity and that sort of stuff I think Melissa McCarthy's playing Ursula I don't know uh, I'm not too keen on that yeah. decision but yeah like, like I said I'll, I'll, I'll reserve judgment until yeah. I see it again it's like I, I'm i not a fan of this of the reimaginings but if they can make a good film out of it fair play I'm not gonna I'm not gonna poo poo at the idea yeah they just haven't done it it's yet. like when they turn around and say let's, <laughs> let's do a reimagining of Lena and Stitch no no you don't need to do that you don't need to do that actually that could work. that would be really cool I've Hercules uh, I, I would think some of the. I mean, if, we, if we're going to the, I, Atlantis, the Lost Empire, Atlantis, Treasure Planet. I think. I, I think the the less the lesser known, less successful films yes. would flourish in that, this. That's the frustrating thing that they're adapting the the, the, the popular, popular ones. ones. <laughs> and they, well, it's obvious why they're doing that because they want that Disney dollar, like dollar, 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 Mickey Mouse money. <laughs> uh, 
But um, they're probably yeah. It there are. Let's face it. Half of the Disney canon is a bit crap, mm. and like some some of that would, and it's not necessarily for its own folks. I don't think, I don't think there's a Disney movie of the main canon. I don't think there's a, a Disney movie that isn't interesting in its concept. It's just they're poorly executed. Like one that springs to mind is the Black Cauldron. Oh yeah, which I think of a Black Cauldron remake if it was more teenage orientated like the original was meant yeah. to be it probably would have done well yeah things like see, things like that that's cool and you don't get people who are too emotionally attached to the Lion King or Aladdin and, yeah. and or Mulan getting butt hurt over um, yeah. their, their favourite I mean, film being um, I mean, mis- it's like, mistreated I have a soft spot for Atlantis I do um, but you know what if so, if, they, if Disney turned around and said we're going to make a reimagining live action of it I'll go Cool. That's yeah. nice. Treasure Planet. That would be cool yeah, as a sci-fi that, that, adventure. That does thing. lend itself. Some of them lend themselves more to live-action remakes than others. Yeah. Like, like, like the whole live-action remake of Lion King was just absurd, and it's it's just utterly shallow. It's and like pointless. It's like we want to remake the story again, but with CGI animals and no soul, no heart. But we'll just get some people to kind of mimic the original songs. Yeah. All right, done. Might as well just watch the original. Yeah. It's that you, you lose nothing. By not watching, or go go see the actual West End Broadway show. I, I get to see that in 2022. It got pushed back two years because of COVID. Uh, uh, okay. right? I'm really excited, but I have to be Good. excited for 24 are you, months. Are you on the aisle? Are you on the aisle? I'm not sure. If you're on the aisle, then watch out for the people coming down the aisles at the start. It was actually quite. Mad. I saw it at the Bristol. Um, I think it was the Bristol Hippodrome uh, earlier. No, last year. Last year, and basically. All the creatures coming down, so like elephants, and all, so they're recreating that whole circle of life thing. Even giraffes as well, and things, are sort of, and birds kind of buzzing around in the <laughs> things. It was, it was amazing. Yeah, it's great fun. No, I, I can't wait. I'm, so, I'm so excited. Yeah. Anyway, we must do, we must do what we must always do when it comes to finishing a film review. It is time for star rating. Uh, I'm tempted to give it two. Yeah, I, I can't give it anything more. I was thinking two and a half, but I, I'm not going to watch this again. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I think, annoyed, I think, I'm annoyed I watched it to begin with. I think I think the way I, I sometimes look at when I give a star rating film is: did I enjoy it? Did I? Is it something I will watch again in the near future? And so forth. I think when I when I take those things into consideration, I can only give it two stars because I'm not going to watch it again, and I didn't enjoy a lot of it. To be perfectly honest, no. I think I I enjoyed I enjoyed it for the silly faults that we were picking out, and I think I think I would have I think watching it with you has been a lot more entertaining than watching it by myself. I didn't mean to be so like audibly like like aghast. <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> uh, how cringy this film is! <laughs> so just replace the word "chi" with the force, and it's a Star Wars movie set in ancient China. I think I, I was I think I did make the joke of are they just going to inadvertently stumble upon a Star Wars set? <laughs> <laughs> just all of a sudden. Oh, man. That's probably why Donnie Yen's there. <laughs> like, he's like, just wandered like off just... the start of the cast of... Um, Rogue One. Rogue One, yeah. <laughs> he was great in that. He was very yeah. good in that, yeah. Like... I do I do always have time for Donnie Yen. But oh, he, but watch, he, but... watch It Man. Yeah, It oh, those, Man. Oh. Or one of my favourite ones is either Killzone or I, I Flashpoint. Monkey, Iron Monkey mentioned that he's great in that mm, as well. Mm. Oh. So plenty of other good films out there. Yeah. Sadly, Mulan is 
not that. Anyway, we must draw things to a close. Thank you very much for watching our Film Raw. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Do let us know your thoughts on the movies we've covered by emailing us at filmraw at bunkerzilla.co.uk as well. You can always follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and of course, Twitch at Bunkerzilla UK. Do keep it on our schedules. Now with a lovely watch party feature from Amazon, we'll be doing a lot more watch parties of films. I did Constantine last week and, uh, and that was quite of an interesting... The Keanu Reeves Constantine, I, um, we, uh, we did a watch party of that and I hadn't seen that since the cinema. I was like, oh, this is a, it's like anytime you, after post John Wick, any gruff, angry Keanu Reeves character who is not Neo <laughs> or from Speed or all that, it's like, you're just, you're just an angry demon hunting John Wick character, aren't you? <laughs> it's just In not a, John Wick. Yeah. So we'll be doing a lot more of that as well. So do keep an eye, bunkers.co.uk for full schedule details. Um, so um, we have no idea what we'll review next week. <laughs> no idea. No idea. Um, it's going to be a mystery. Hopefully you'll join us and we'll find this mystery out together. But until then, thank you very much for watching. I've been Ian Bolton and joined as always by Christian R. Alan. May the force be with you. Always. Oh, sorry. May the chi be with you. <laughs> it's like, do you know which one we're talking about now? <laughs> Star Wars episode 12, Mulan. All right. Yeah. And on that bombshell, we'll say goodbye. Adios. Bye-bye.